Hi, I'm Richard Buskin, author and co-host of one of those other creepy-crawly podcasts. You're listening to the Fab Four Free-For-All. And welcome to another exciting edition of the Fab Four Free-For-All, the weekly podcast. Go yes. fig- Come on, Rob, how about you? Yay! Oh, Rob I just went. Oh, oh, Tony, how about you? Go <laughs> <laughs> figure. In the, in I'm doing a, it quiet. Lot, see, I'm, I'm fat lot of good. I'm doing everybody who's listening on audio. I'm just clapping. So anyway. yeah, we yeah, do. We have our video going now. So that's true. Yes, and uh, it's kind of cool because you know we we've been able to use the video to get together and record more shows for you because we know you want it. Or who knows if you want it. But anyway, <laughs> you got it. We're going to do it anyway. because We're we going like to do it anyway, out. in spite of you. Anyway. In spite of you, it's true. We'll make shows. It's true. Okay, thank you. We don't, like your, we don't like your imitations. We certainly don't like your thing. Anyway. Don't quit uh, your day job. Exactly. Uh, I am your host moderator today. Uh, I'm your moderator for this show, Mitch Axelrod. And joining me, as they always do, and I'm so glad they do, are... Rob Leonard. And Tony Trubano. And today we're going to actually expand on, a, on a, a thread that I had posted about a week or so ago about releasing Beatles stuff that has been unreleased to this, to this point. Um, and it got such a, a good thread going that we thought maybe we would do it as a show because we all started talking about it and we really feel like it deserves its own show. Um, a lot of you had some great points on uh, whether it, things should be released because it's historical or things shouldn't be released or should because it's curiosity. So I, I think it really led us, you know, Tony and I were talking, Rob and I were talking, and I don't know, Tony doesn't talk to Rob, so. Um, no, we talk. No, we I talk. know, I'm just kidding. But we were uh, talking we about talking you. And <laughs> yeah, they talk about me. Thank you. Sorry. The Unlove Song Show again. Sorry, right. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we're going to call this show Please Release Me or Not, right. because um, we, we're going to really discuss uh, things that we feel um, are urban legend, as we put in that post, uh, and what should be and shouldn't be released, and why we feel that they should be. And also, we're going to look at a couple of things, a few things that have been released, and use them as a reference, whether they should have been whether it's those are historical or really, uh, it really didn't matter that they were released. They were nice to hear once, like that fly on the wall disc and let it be naked. Give me a break. This 20 minutes. I'm never going to get back in my life. Right. But, you know, so some of the stuff we just, you know, we may not uh, feel. But I'd be curious how many people, I mean, not to sort of jump, you know, what I mean, we're on topic, but I'd be curious to find out how many fans out there may think that that fly on the wall disc was awesome. You know, it was like a, they may, because a lot of people may not have heard it, but if you've heard the full, you know, 30 days of Get Back, then you know that that wasn't the best they could have done, especially on an 80-minute CD. Well, that's Whereas, what bothered me about it. It was, you know, it's 20 minutes, and it's, they could have put another, you know, we'll say 50 minutes on it, and, yeah. and maybe include like a, like a very, you know, like a jam song almost, just something that wasn't, Releasable, we, really, but although we know disc. the Beatles were never a jam band, oh my well, God. you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But, but Bring that actually something leads, to mind that I might talk about. Exactly, yeah. that leads exactly into some of the stuff. So it's a good segue, Rob. So let's talk a little bit about um, 
Let's go back a little bit further uh, than, uh, well, than the anthologies, as I mentioned. Let's go back to 1971. In 1971, Martin Lewis wrote an article about Beatles rarities, and he, to pad the article, he decided to make up four songs that he said were Beatle outtakes, and they really weren't, but they were Colliding Circles, uh, they were Pink Litmus Paper Shirt, uh, it was Deck Chair, and Left is Right, and Right is Wrong, and it's a long story, you can read about it on the internet, look up Martin Lewis Hoax, and you'll hear the whole thing, but it became part of Beatle lore because a lot of people picked that up and went, oh, my God. And then people started trying to find those four unreleased songs. Why does it strike me that it just seems like something that Martin Lewis would do? But anyway. Yeah, well, it would. But Well, he yeah. did it as comedy. And right. the problem was no one had known anything. No one had gone through the tapes yet or even anything like yeah, that. And, you, you know what, though? You I, know? Don't, I don't accept that. He used that years later as an excuse. And when you're supposedly writing yeah. a journalistic article... Well, he yeah. even admitted, you, don't, you don't do something, quote, as comedy. Correct. Uh, and he, did, just, he is a comedian so and in more ways than one. But he did, he did uh, admit that he did pad the article. So right. once you say you padded an article, that doesn't become comedy anymore. That becomes fraud. Yeah, uh, that's, right. that's shooting yourself down as a journalist. Yeah. And, and when you admit that in 1999, when he did his one-man show, he finally admitted it uh, and people stopped looking for it. Um, but it became a joke to the point where some guy in New Jersey, a band in New Jersey uh, named R. Stevie Moore or something like that, he actually did two, two versions of two of those songs. So, and then people went, oh my God, it's the Beatles. No, it wasn't. So um, it, that started a whole bunch of, of um, it actually didn't start, but it kept the well, unreleased stuff going. I like have to think- looking for unreleased. I have to think, to be honest, Mitch, that that, that article in itself probably didn't start the role going. I would say right. more likely than going. not. Well, it kept it going, but I would think twofold. More likely than not, I think when um, when Martin's article was used as a reference for Harry Castleman, when he and Wally Podrzyk, and Wally Podrzyk. Well, no, was it? Was they both did they both do the first book? Yeah, they yes, both, they both yeah. did together. All together, both, both books. Yeah. So when, when that came out and, and those four songs were included in their list, I think right. that that's when it really, the, the, the idea of, that was also, in, in my opinion, when that chasing down Beatle outtakes took hold, partly because a new generation of Beatle fans were just about to hit. You were just about to have the 76, you had the 73 resurgence with Red and the, the Red Blue. And I think even at that point, wasn't there an idea that, that um, Alan Klein was hunting for possibly wanting to use outtakes, and they all went, no, absolutely No, that was, I think, for the Hey Jude album, where they That's sort of put right. together the songs right. that hadn't come out yet officially on Capitol. But there was, but there was a hint that, that Klein wanted to use outtakes at that point, though, right, Rob? Or wanted to look in the vault? I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure of the vault was... thing, but he, he wanted, because every album he would put out or help put out he got paid for so that's why the hey sure. jude album came out because he wanted to get some Revenue. money and, yeah. and and it was only released in america and uh it was not a bad i, I mean i love the hey jude album i think yeah, it's I a, yeah. a great compilation and, and so i mean i understand why he alan klein did he wanted money uh, which is what he always wanted um but yeah i understand what you're talking about i don't think they were going to go in the 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 vaults yet i don't i don't no. think that early 
Okay. Which is going to be stuff not released, like Rob said. You know, yeah, stuff that was released, but not on an okay. album. I thought I had remembered reading that somewhere, but. Who but I think you're right, Tony. I think uh, the the I think seventy five was the altogether now book, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, seventy five, and the contract ended with Capital in seventy six, and once that contract ended, Capital had the right to release stuff, and that's when rock and roll music came out, right. and then love songs, and then but they didn't have they didn't Beatle have ballads the right to release unreleased stuff though. No. They they could have and they didn't, which you know I'm sort know. of glad they didn't. Do you think they did at that point, Rob? I don't they think did. They, they, you know, they, uh, Beatles hadn't sued them yet, so they, they couldn't stop them if they wanted to. Fortunately, they didn't put anything out. I'd be uh, curious could to they, find out. Could they go to the vaults and just take any outtake? I don't think they were. I don't think the contract said you could have everything. No, I think they were giving I, I creative think, control. I think what happened when Paul stayed with uh, Parlophone in Great Britain uh, and, and Capital until uh, the Columbia uh, contract, you know, he was sort of overseeing it in a way that. You know, they weren't going to really try to, you know, release unreleased stuff at that point. Hey, yeah. think about it. You know, the Sessions album supposed to come out in 1985, and that's pretty close to, you know, 77, 78, if you start thinking about it. You know, they, you know, they started to put it together before 85. You know, and Let Leave My Kitten Alone almost came out before uh, John got murdered as a yeah. single, and then they pulled right. it back. So, right, that's they, a good they, point, too. You know, it, it, it is there. Um, one thing I also think, you know, we're talking about, you know, looking for things is when uh, John said in the Rolling Stone interview in 70 that he thought there was a live album, Beatles in Italy, yeah. which uh, wasn't a live album, but it was an album right. called Beatles in Italy that had the, the show order on the album, but it was the studio tracks. Right. So I think right. that's also how many people went looking for that record thinking oh my God, there's a live album out that we didn't know about. Why do I have a feeling that, not to be funny, but I think I might have been one of them. I might have actually thought that. <laughs> well, uh, it said live reason. in Italy. And, you know, yeah. And they well, had no, it didn't say like said the Beatles in Italy. It didn't yeah, say yeah. live in Italy. It just had the... No, you're yeah. right. Well, John thought it was right. a live yeah, but, but you could, you but could the see Beatles in Italy. What are you doing in Italy? You're playing, right? And and you could and like you know, Rob said it had a concert photo. You said it had a concert on the back. Photo. Yeah, yeah, on the back. So yeah, so was, I, I think um, you know, it's funny because everybody always points to um, Carnival of Light. That's the the thing that everybody points to, and we all want to hear it. We all want to hear it. Why do we want to hear it? Because it's because Paul said it's avant garde. You know, Mark Lewison uh, has always said it's, it's maybe worth hearing once and then you'll never want to hear it again. And I'm not being funny. That's what he said. He even said it. He was on the, uh, the Word in Your Ear podcast uh, last week. You can look it in. You can look last it week as of this taping. So it will be as of this taping. 2020. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He yeah. was on a podcast, The Word in Your Ear, where, again, they brought it up. And he said the same thing. It was only worth hearing once he heard it it was okay and and it's not something that people are gonna and, love or play more than once and he did say paul wanted it out on anthology too and the others vetoed him paul wanted it out because he wanted to show himself as the avant-garde one instead of john and the others didn't want it out for the same reason right <laughs> so you know it, it, that's the thing of this whole show it's Connell of light and, you know, encompassed in one ball. Do we care? Should we care? And do we really need it? So, well, do we want to tackle, do, do you want to look at the, the two white elephants in the room? You brought up Carnival of light, you know, the yeah. two big ones. I mean, Rob, for you, Carnival of light, could you care less? Really? 
you know, at this point, you want to hear it. I think, you know, it, it's like hearing the 27-minute version of Helter Skelter. Yeah, the White Elephant. We got the six-minute version on Anthology 3. Yep. And then the same take goes to 12 minutes on the White Album outtakes. And Giles said that the 27 is the same thing as take yeah. two. Yeah, but it's just longer. And Mark yeah. said the exact same thing. Mark said, if you want to hear the 27-minute version, play the 12-minute one twice. So right. Do, so <laughs> you need to hear that, Rob? What? You need to hear it? Do I need to hear it? No, actually, I don't. I would. There are other things I prefer, but you know, at this point, it's become like this this big, big myth. thing. Oh, we got to hear it. It's, it's, it's a myth. Really, it, I wouldn't call it a myth. It, you know what? It becomes uh, people st talk about something they've never heard, so they start adding to it. And then they said, oh, well, this must have been really, uh, uh, really interesting because the Beatles did it. Well, you know, not everything the Beatles did was totally interesting. You know, that might be one of them. And maybe what it, it was for a, a show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, maybe without that show, yeah. you don't have context. The con context. Well, you know where it probably would have been good in? The love show. You know, some part of it. You know, because that is, maybe. that would have been probably a place to put it. You know, not, maybe not all 12 minutes. Or it should have been released as a single in Barcelona. <laughs> no, because the myth is, oh, the myth or the story is John screaming, Barcelona, repeatedly right. throughout. But, you know, I think, and I was, I was talking with Mitch about this, you know, off, off mic, off camera. Right. Um, but we were saying, and, and Rob, if you're okay with my saying, I think among the three of us, I've probably been the most profound collector of the undergrounds of the bootleg stuff and yeah right and, uh, yeah. and more in that world so so it's a it's a strange and an interesting perspective for me because from from a historic standpoint i would i would be interested in hearing carnival of light but i have absolutely no expectation of it being something i'm going to enjoy like the fly None. on the wall disc well no, the fly on the wall disc you actually thought was going to be something interesting oh, you heard okay. it was coming out. Where I'm going with with Carnival of Light is that because again, Mitch, if you told me you're taking 20 minutes of the Let It Be sessions and you're going to or you're going to have an extra disc of cool stuff from the session, first of all, we didn't know it was going to run 20 minutes until right when it came out, and then we all went WTF. Right. And then the stuff that's on it is crap for the most part. Why the part. face, right? You know what's that? WTF? Why the face? Why the face? Yeah. But um. But I think the idea of Carnival of Light and Helter Skelter is from the historian's perspective, I'd be genuinely interested in hearing both. Just I make me to find no, out where their heads were at. Well, I, and they're I, playing. Just to satisfy the curiosity that just there is an, there's an extant piece of Beatle tape, Helter Skelter, they thought enough of after that 20-minute jam to do something, 27 minutes, to do something with it mold it and shape it into a song. <laughs> and make it something different. <laughs> and make it something different, right. But, that, but that, Carnival even the of Light, didn't think that what they did for 27 minutes was worth it. Carnival of Light, we've heard, we've heard John's uh, audio, you know, pastiche. Now we would be hearing Paul's. So it's interesting from that perspective. But at the same time, like there's not, it, it, I think so much of it has to do with whether or not these anything that's released or not released is put into some form of context they they did it an interesting job with the anthology but the anthology could have been done in a bunch of different ways 
Were we delighted when it came out? Yeah, sure. But yes, we'll get to this, I'm sure. But we will. But I think a lot of it is all about context. And to me, and again, I'll say this now and get this out front early. I've said from the beginning that if they want to do something that would be mind blowing, it would be give us a subscription series or give us here's everything that we've got. You can either buy it a la carte, you could buy it. You don't get cover art. You don't get, you, you want the history of the track? For God's sake, you know the tracks. You know, there's no, there are no, that we know of, there are no unreleased songs anymore that we know of. You know, there are no songs. An actual, here's a new title you've never heard of by the Beatles, and it's in the vault hiding somewhere. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and Tony, I think you said something uh, very interesting in the sense that we're getting to the point with the Beatles and other bands too, where it's becoming history. It's yeah. not just the music anymore. There, there are people like us and other people doing shows like us or writing books. And it's a look back at history as much as it's about the music. Uh, it's like, let's say revolution number nine was never released or was cut down to four minutes. Would we care? We'd say, Oh, we got to hear that. We got to hear that. Yeah, we probably would. But then when we'd hear it, we'd say, what the hell's going on here? And, and, but it's getting to be history more and more. And, well, and mm. think about Tony, you know, we're both disc jocks. No offense, Mitch. No, I'm, would we play, did, how many times in your career, uh, Tony, have you played Revolution 9 on your, on your show when you had your Beatles show? I've played it only a hand, most a handful of times. Most, most a handful. You, and yeah. I, I play it once yeah. a year as, a, as almost like, okay, it's time to play it. Unless someone requests it. Yeah. And then, you know, usually they're just testing me at that point. But, um, but it's, it's, become a, it's become like a history thing almost at this point because think about it. We're, we're heading to 60 years. Yeah. That, you know, that's a long time. And the fact that Paul and Ringo are alive is excellent and they can still comment on it if they want to. But we're getting to the point where we're going to be looking back at this more and more as history. And radio's not going to be playing much of this as much as it used to be, even though the Beatles still sell, the biggest selling band in the world. It, a lot of it's turning to history. And you're right. Be great to say, okay, give me, give me a download of these songs. But Revol will they do it? Revolution number nine, the thing about revolution number nine is that it, it is a released piece. So there's right. that you're right. mentality that, you know, you're not going to take it away from me. You're not going to say, well, to me, if, if you, if you told, describe to me what revolution number nine was, and, and before I knew, and not to be funny, but before I knew there was a carnival of light and that, that Paul had done this audio verite thing and you said, oh, well, John did one too. If, if Revolution Number 9 was never out, I would want to hear both Carnival of Light and Revolution Number 9 together in one little download package, 20-minute CD single, 25-minute CD single. I'd want to hear Paul's audio verite and John's audio verite at one time, but maybe the fact that Revolution Number Nine, we we have it, and it's in a context. Yes, you're it, right. It's no, part of the White Album. We we look at something like that. We say, well, that that couldn't be an outtake. That could never be an outtake. We have that already. Right, yeah. right. No, you're right. What if they would have put Carnival of Light on Pepper as like a Revolution Number Nine? Then you have it in context. So it wouldn't have fit on Pepper though. It wouldn't have fit on Pepper. How do you, know? How do you know? We don't know what it's it is. It's 12 minutes. The Beatles 12, never 12, had 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And it's not just that, Mitch, but you have to figure too. It's, it's, 
you know, now part of it is the history aspect, but um, it's always going to be out of context because like Rob was saying, it's, it's part of a visual program that happened. So no matter what, if we, if we get it, no, no matter what, it was part of a happening. Like it wasn't even like Paul was explaining that it, it, it wasn't even synchronized to anything. It wasn't synchronized to movement. It wasn't synchronized to right, what was going to happen background. on the screen because it was working with oils and working with all kinds of media was going to be different every, an experience every time. His was just the audio portion right. of an experience. So, yeah, I mean, would it still be interesting to hear? Okay, but the idea being like do, you know, and it's back to that idea too. It's us. And I won't say versus, but it's it's us on this side, and it's the average fan. With right. all due respect to the average fan on that side, would they care less if would would you have gotten people freaking out if if fifteen minutes of disc two of anthology two was taken up by Carnival of Light? I'd be angry. I mean, think about think about anthology one. How many people bought it? But the first. 20 songs or 15 songs have, you know, audio, audio quality problems, really. Yeah. But ah. fans were loving it. Fans were I want to talk it, about you, that. But yeah. if, you, if you look at, like, like, a used record store, you always find Anthology 1 more than 2 or 3. Right. Sure. Well, let's talk about that a minute. Not, not the Anthology per se, because we don't want to review Anthology. But what was, what was on Anthology, to me and to a lot of people, was more of a historical presence or was more of a historical significance, not presence, um, than Carnival of Light. You got That'll Be the Day and In Spite of All the Danger, which we never heard any Quarrymen songs. Right. Now now we are, or we do. We have them now. They're released. um, Audio quality? Officially. Quality? They stink. But... That is history to me because, Absolutely. Like, like, as of this taping, also, we, we just a couple of weeks ago got that Quarryman picture, which we've right. never seen. Um, we've had a couple of Quarryman pictures, but any new picture of the Quarrymen, which is pre Beatles, is historical. And that, to me, is much more significant than hearing Cardinal of Light because those were things that we've never ever thought we'd have. Uh, and it wasn't the Beatles. It was the Quarrymen. So it was pre right. So for me, there's, there's two things. There's historical versus curiosity. And there's also need versus want. You know, we may want it like Carnival of Light, but we don't need it. If, and we probably, after we hear it, we'll, be, we'll definitely be like, well, we didn't need to hear that. It was nice. It was, we were curious to hear it. But historical versus curiosity also, I think the historical part, I think we do need it to put the Beatles in perspective where they went after, in spite of all the, and don't forget, in spite of all the dangers, the only Paul and George song. Right, right. Historical. That's important. You bring up an interesting point too, Mitch, because it's, no, well, yeah, but I'm just saying you brought up an interesting point in the sense that, you know, and look, we, we have the deepest respect for, for Mark, for Mark Lewis. And we we know Mark, we've had Mark on the show. Um, The fact that, the fact that Mark, brushed it away honestly kills a lot of my interest in it. I'll tell you why. There was part of me that always... We're talking about Carnival of Light, right? Yes. Carnival of Light. Okay, just want to make sure. Before, before I heard Mark address it and talk about it, I always thought to myself, the Beatles, like most other artists, are the worst 
they have the worst memories about their own careers and what they did musically and what album. Well, not John and George, but not they're gone. But, but, well, George, George still, you know, his, uh, I think that was on Revolver, uh, Robo was all, whatever. Well, yeah, but. But, uh, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, forgetting context of things, forgetting certain stuff. So, to me, Carnival of Light always had this little air of, what if there's something in there, Carnival of Light, that, that, that gave us a clue of something else that was going to happen later. Of the new direction? Well, not, well not, <laughs> Troublemaker. You know what I mean? But where I'm going is, what if, what if at some point in Carnival of Light, there are a series of noises that, that, that were on Pepper. Sounded like, some, sounded like something on the White Album. Or well, when was Carnival of Light? 67. 67. Right. Uh, yeah. During the Summer of Love. Right. So what if, you know, you heard Paul screaming somewhere and then, and it, and it was, Oh, well, look, he said, can you take me back where I came from? Like, you know, who knew? But the fact that, that, you know, Mark so definitively just went fat, like, you know, right. you'll hear it. You won't care. It means that means that it probably has no historical significance at all. And that's a good point. Otherwise Mark would have been like, you know what? You don't need to hear it. But I'm just going to tell you, there's a couple of interesting things that are of historical. Right. It leads to the White Album. It leads to Abbey Road. It, it leads to Hello, Goodbye or there's whatever. A, there's a guitar lick that repeats that comes back in, you know. At the, that the point. sounds that are in Karina Kroor. I don't know. but <laughs> Well, you, you well think about it. Think yeah. about like um, well, the Beatles, uh, Is It America, the uh, May Mayo's Brothers thing. And uh, there's something where John's right playing some Vagoda thing. Yeah, and the, the, Dakota, the thing yeah. sounds just like the beginning of Strawberry Fields Forever, three yep. years early yep. or two years hey, early. Look at look at that's, the BBC. That's something to look at. Look at the, the BBC. BBC. The BBC. Don't pass me by. Don't make me cry. Don't make me right. Oh, you know, I got the ice cream for you. That's 1964. Right. Yeah. You know, so, and, but Ringo always said that he wrote that earlier. Right. But I mean, it's, and now you heard it. Paul said he was helping him write it. I think it was more like 63. But yeah, he says, Paul, you're going to help me with that. And he goes, Paul, come on, help me. You promise. Yeah. You promise. Well, yeah. well, you know what, Tony? Another thing that when we're talking about history and, and not history, so to speak, is the way George Martin did the anthologies. Yes. He took pieces of songs and made complete songs out of them. And for better or for worse, and we'll get into that too, Rob. Right, but I personally like that because I would rather have a new song based on bits and pieces because the Beatles did it anyway with their own stuff. You know, Strawberry Fields, I Want You, She's So Heavy, are two of the more famous ones. But Giles has really hasn't done that where he mm -hmm. pieces together bits of songs to get a new song. He's basically been more like, um, and, and I'm not sure if they, who's told this, we don't know this part, um, but I know some people are angry with the anthology because George Martin did this. And we, we have the bootlegs. And not everyone wants to hear the bootlegs, the, the breakdown, uh, especially when you're selling, selling this as mainstream stuff. You're not selling this yeah. to the fans. You were selling it because a lot of people watched the anthology and they said, okay, I'm going to buy the discs. Right. And right. they dumped th six discs in a matter of six months, really, if you think about it. But, but are, we, are we at a point now, though, where – the idea, because combining what everybody's talking about, combining with the idea, too, of, again, my being very much a bootleg collector. Yes. Are we at a point now where it's time to reevaluate the approach to things? Uh, uh, there are, discs are not the way to go anymore. Uh, mo most artists are doing profound downloads. Dylan is doing 18 disc sets. Yeah. At a blink of an eye, 16 disc, 14 disc sets. Um, 
Apple does what they do and don't get me wrong. I think Giles' work on the three box sets have been great. Really I do enjoyable. too, and maybe that's the new way of doing it now. You well, know, you, but, you do it that way. But the question is now do you, you know, I look at some of the Frankensteins and I, I don't like them. I, I agree. You know, but let's hold off on talking about exact which ones because okay. um, I think we should, you know, we'll, we'll take a break and then we'll uh, come, come back uh, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, you know what? Let's take a break right now and uh, we will be back. We'll talk about specific songs that uh, have been released uh, and did we need them? Did we care? Do we like them? And do we want more? So and we'll I'm... be right back on the Fab Four Free For Hi folks, this is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month that's just 25 cents per episode. We would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of costs so that we can continue to bring these shows to you in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. we are back and we've been talking about releasing some unreleased stuff and what's been released uh, and we're going to continue. The one thing I wanted to talk about before we go forward is we forgot to mention and and a bunch of you mentioned it on the thread that uh, and I did too and it was cut down pretty pretty quickly Um, is if we if the Beatles are releasing some stuff that we don't think is great does it ruin their legacy at all or tarnish any part of their legacy. And, uh, you know, everybody quickly said no. And, you know, just because they do that, you know, it's historical and we've talked about that. So it doesn't ruin their legacy. You know, they've released some songs that let's face it are crap or in my eyes are crap. Um, Not in the regular catalog. You're talking about you. No, no, they've released some songs in the regular catalog that are not up to par with the reg with the, the greatness of the Beatles and that didn't ruin their legacy. So I don't think anything they'd release, even if it was garbage um, would really tarnish the legacy of the Beatles. We, you know, and, and let's get into some of the stuff. Cause I think once we start naming some songs that have been released, um, 
we can we can discuss this point further. Well, when the anthologies came out, and like we I was mentioning, George Martin made one song out of many, which I appreciated. And one of the things that with the Pepper and the White Album and, and Abbey Road, and I assume will happen with Let It Be, we'll get back now, is the fact that you had to buy the box set to get all those songs. Now, some of them might be on Spotify, but the two-disc set of each of those, the second disc has some pretty good versions as alternate takes, where the box set might have some stuff that, you know, only hardcore fans would want. And I think that's part of the, the, the good part about how they're doing it. So if the oh, general okay, fan were to buy the two CD set, you know, for whatever reason, you know, cost yeah. or they're not interested a lot, right. at least right. that second disc is going to be pretty, pretty good. It's okay. not going to be, it's not going to be uh, left real, real bad leftovers per se. Got it. So, I, and I think that's the big difference where, you know, you know, the difference, and I, like I said, I don't know if Giles has been told, don't, don't piece together like your dad did. You know, we let him do it. We I don't know. It's appropriate for the boxes. Well, it'd be nice if, you know, if, if you could. But you know what? There wasn't as much that you could piece together maybe because some of it's already been pieced together. So, yeah. um, but I know, you know, that, that, that's the thing I noticed, you know, just something I noticed. Tell you we're going to talk. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I still had my, my train of thought, but I think, um, you know, what you're talking about, about the legacy, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I think the idea is that, and, and I wrote it when I did my thesis for being a librarian, which is what I do in the day job. Um, I'd written a whole thing about the fact that if we found a Beethoven 10th Symphony written on paper, it would be every library in the world would have it. Every orchestra in the world would have it. It would be widely distributed. Everyone would be performing it. And it even had his notes like, Oh, here's like my working copies and my working notes. Oh my God. And even if it wasn't up to the other nine, but you went, wow, new Beethoven, you know, the point is that only comes out on paper. That's only available on paper. Beethoven wasn't able to go, all right, let's roll tape for take two. No, <laughs> not happening. With the Beatles, their history, and it's not just the Beatles, every group from the recorded musical era, their history and their legacy can only lie in recordings. Most of these guys didn't write music. Yes, you get George Martin scores, etc. So for me, from the historic standpoint, nothing can really ruin the legacy because you know what? If you have a ridiculous start to I'm going to pull in a random truck to tell me what you see. And you go, Oh my God, that was awful. Yeah. Well, it became, tell me what you see. So right. the history between the take one that's miserable to the take. And this is not folks. Don't look at your Lewis and book. Cause I'm pulling the wrong number out. Uh, and you look at take 12, the final, which is the really good one. There had to have been growth. Now, for me, if you're going to put out an outtakes box, you generally don't want to put take one, the crap one. From a history standpoint, if you gave me the option of buying a set of downloads of, tell me what you see the recording session, I would buy the whole thing. Because I want yes. to hear one through 12. Where the heads were at. I may never listen to one again. I may think, wow, six was really interesting. So that's why in a way... I find that going back to like the Frankenstein that was anthology, 
we need to reassess this, the whole thing again. Um, and I know one thing that Apple said, we don't give a ch- about what the bootleggers do. That's right, that's right from the, the, the mouth of a wonderful gentleman from Apple. And, I, and, and we can relate to that. I mean, we've got a good relationship with the guys at Apple, and we understand where they come from with it. So right. to say we don't give it about where the – but you know what? We had discussed it early on. Well, are you going to give us all the Escher demos because the bootleggers have all the Escher demos? Right. And the response was, you know what? If one of them is shite, it's not going to come out because we don't – but guess what? In the end, we got all the Escher demos. Truthfully, none of them are shite. Really, they're all interesting as heck. Right. But some of them are better than the released versions, like what's the new Mary Jane. But had they figured out that one of them was crap, we may not have gotten. Collectors have felt knowing that there are twenty-three Escher demos that we all know about, but they're only going to give us twenty-two Escher. I'm so sorry. I always call. I've been calling him Escher. You know, since yeah, for the I know part of it. But there were twenty-three Escher demos that exist. And we only got 22. So people would have been complaining. Where right. is it? So, we need so they're in an apples in a no win situation as it is. Correct. That's right. But to look at some of the things, like I look back on anthology and there is some stuff like there's a take for a fool on the hill. I'm just throwing some stuff out there. Yeah. Ringo is all over the drum kit. It's a mess. It's probably not Ringo. So my question is, did Paul give Ringo any direction where to go? It's a mess. But I Paul, listen to that take and I go, we got the demo three songs earlier, which is lovely. Did we need take four? No. no. Because Paul said that he, went into, he went into the studio and he had to teach the others how to do it. So it was probably in the process of teaching how sure, to get but, to the final version. But he hadn't but done it But did we need yet. that? Right. So I, I, I know mean, like stuff like the, the hello goodbye that was mixed to enhance, but we didn't hear in the lead. And again, well, well that, we got the George Harrison. Thing. We got the George Harrison lead that we never heard. We did, which is fun, but you know, I don't know. And, and but like, that, that's you know, different, Tony, because with a, with a hello goodbye with the George Harrison lead. Now we get to the point where you're seeing the creative piece of the Beatles and that's different. Yes. But with that particular take, I would love it if you had done something else to make it different. Like, in other words, Maybe. strip away some stuff. Like, basically, in the line notes, it's something to the effect of, it has been mixed for your pleasure to enhance things that were not in the released version. Fine. But take out some stuff that was in the released version and let me... It, it, there were well, you're seeing... That were Sorry. done, like... And then, you know, like, again, don't pass me by. It's fun... But musically, it's a mess. That's it is, what? but it, you know, you got to give Ringo something on that. You know, which I think Ooh. was interesting, Lady Madonna with the all the extra horn bits, which I thought made it a little more interesting. Does it make it a better song? No, they were smart to take them out. So yeah, I understand and, with you know, that, and that's part of it too. You know, that, we yeah. know about this stuff. We know about this stuff. We've read the books and we've heard, you know, stuff before the anthology came out. Yes, oh, and so, that's another thing too. I, it, you know, we had not, like two, two things, and then I, be, only because this stuff's been swimming in my head. First of all, it, if we had never heard, like to us, sessions wet our appetites 
amazingly. When we got that bootleg, our heads exploded. Yeah. Yes. And, and why? Because we knew about, we now knew about like, if you've got troubles, what? You know, we didn't even know that that, I don't even know if that, I think that title was in Castleman, one of the Castleman Podrasic books, maybe. I don't remember. Um, but I think one thing that is fascinating about the unreleased stuff is it also lends itself to letting you realize how much of the, the ensemble, especially early on, George Martin was. I say that because I was talking to Mitch the other day about the idea that if you listen to some of those early takes and what comes to mind is like the no reply, the I'll be back as the waltz, the, the original and I love her, the really, really fascinating takes. And the truth is, had they been recorded like that in the final analysis, the Beatles would still have been eons ahead from performance and music standpoint, from most of what they were competing with out there in the British music world. Right. But you listen to some of the Beatles arrangements when they first bring a song in and it's a little bit Mickey most. It's a little bit like every other British band at the time, but better songs. Yeah. Once you get them in the studio with George Martin and whether it was George saying, Oh, you know, boys, maybe we try it this way. Or it was just them being in that room with George Martin with or that, each other or each other. Exactly. Right. Or no, I agree with both of us, but it, it, the four headed monster and adding in George Martin took what those guys did and, and elevated it to the Beatles. So for me, one thing that I, I especially treasure about that and why I also don't love the Frankensteins because I just want them, I want the take to just finish. I want to hear a breakdown. There are a few instances where they go to a fade. You know what? An outtake didn't fade. An outtake went to a right, breakdown. Right, right, right. You, well, you know what? That, the, the, this boy that's on the EP, um, that right. take, 12 and 13, those, now those, those are interesting that those two are not completed takes. And they're sort of just having fun in the studio. And I think that was part of it. But then again, they never finished it. And it's interesting how they, he chose that and ended up on the EP. But to right. me, at the same time, when, when the bootleg came out of the original Can't Buy Me Love or uh, One After 909, and we, we heard the different parts where you, you're thinking, okay, we can edit this together. And that's what happened on the anthology. You know, the original bootleg had it, you know, each take along the way, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't make it a better version until you edit it together. I, I don't agree with that, to be honest. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I know what you're go. saying, but I don't, I don't necessarily. Well, hang on. Let's, let's go a little bit back instead of just willy nilly throwing songs out. Let's, let's try to go in order here. So let me start. We've already talked about that'll be the day. And in spite of all the danger, it's historical. You definitely need it. All right. right. That's something you need as a Beatle fan, whether you Absolutely. listen to it again or not, Okay, but you know what? Historically, it works. You know, the, and we're not going to go through everything, but a couple of things I noticed. The DECA sessions, you need that again. That's historical. They were turned down. So you, you, do you get it all? No. But you, we could get it all in a download, as Tony suggested. That would be great. But here's, but here's my question. Why, yep. do you, why do you give us three of the more humorous tracks that were clearly – reasons why they might not have been accepted. Why do you give us, I mean, don't That's get me wrong. Exactly what you I love said. them. Yeah, but you just said it, Tony. They were, that was clearly the reason they would turn down. 
But from from a musical standpoint, I, I would love to have heard. That. It would turn down for a reason. If you give them better stuff, if you give us better stuff in the Decca sessions on anthology, okay, for instance, you give us their best stuff. You go, you know, maybe the Decca was wrong, but if 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 you're just going to give us a few because that's all you have to put on the anthology, and you're not going to give us the full thing, well, then you give us the reason they were turned down. Do you also yeah, but, do you also give us that because it puts George Martin in a better light? Maybe. I mean, but also, <laughs> yeah, part of it, part of it also is uh, if they released all 15 songs and then the pacing of the, the album uh, changes, the and I think, yeah, the anthology. So there's, there's certain pacing they were doing too with this. Sure. And I think that's one of the things about it, which, which I was appreciative of. It starts off with that'll be the day, which sounds pretty damn good considering the acetate was played, you know, all those times. Um, but you have to get to, you know, the 63 stuff and then the 64 stuff. And, you know, I was happy that Pete Best was even on these records, you know, just yeah. to show historical as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Because Pete Best was a Beatle, whether the Beatles like it or not. And, and Pete Best liked it because but, he... But the question it. is, though, it's back to that idea, Rob, that, that we... And again, we're looking at the topic. I, I think we're looking at the topic in a good way, but we're looking... We're, we're looking with hindsight and we're looking right. forward. So the idea being that, like, granted, you're right, you couldn't take the 15 Deco Audition tracks and put them on a record and, and obviously have it not, like, completely destroy the flow. Right. But at the same time, the anthologies are now, it's 25 years ago. I know. I know. It's hard so, to believe. So do you look at that now and you say, okay, you know what, the anthologies... Because now you notice, like they they try not to replicate a lot of the stuff that are on the anthologies on the box. That's set. true. Great. That's true. So yeah, you're keeping the anthologies in print, but why not go back and say, let's do the anthology download and where we create. Don't even call it the anthology download. Well, don't you're not going to put that. out an anthology. Thir- oh, I see what you mean. No, you don't even have well, to call it an anthology. If you, you know what? You could just say to the fans, guess what, guys? We know some of the tracks were on anthology, but now we're going to give you a download of the full Deca Sessions. Here you go. Or the Deca Sessions, truth be told. I mean, you know. I'm just saying Deca yeah, Sessions. But even those. Because that should be released. You know, that's part yeah, of yeah. the topic. The Deca Sessions, all of it, whether you have the bootlegs or not. Let's just assume that the bootlegs are not there. Because a lot of fans don't have access to bootlegs, okay? Some right. of them do and some of them don't. So assuming that we have to go under the assumption that people don't have them oh, and, that you, and that you want them. So now if, you've, if you know there's, there's 12 more songs that we can get or however many, if Apple says to you tomorrow, we're going to give you the full deck of sessions, clean and in good shape, have fun, have fun with it for 10 bucks or whatever it is, I'd buy it because now you're getting an official release, just like they did of that bootleg 63 where you heard all the studio sessions of everything. Do we need 50 studio sessions of Thank You Girl from March 5th? No, but some of them are, are cool. So again, I think releasing, releasing the DECA is something that I think should be done, you know, and, and, I, I wonder if and, the, and finish. I wonder what the copyright situation is in Britain about those, that stuff because it's, it's we're heading towards 60 years. And I know the, the British copyright law is different. And some of the reasons why um, you have these box sets is to sort of claim copyright on this stuff. That's why the 63 bootleg thing came out. That's okay, why Dylan, finished. that's why Dylan puts out, uh, you know, 18 discs of concerts and the beach boys have been doing that also, 
you know, each year there's a good one. Stones, yeah, but not Stones subsequent to that. And not yeah, so, after 2013, Rob. Yeah, you know, I know that. They're they right, but um, they what, also the Stones? No, the Stones of, did one in 19. No, the Mets. Uh, the Mets. The Beatles. The Beatles. Oh, right. The Mets. Where'd that come? Sorry. But, but they've done <laughs> a lot of things to re- reclaim, you know, you know, they, they put out Shea Stadium as a separate film with uh, the eight days a week. But it's not and, out. Let me. No, it had, well, it wasn't released, but it showed the theaters. So there's. Yeah, you know, we don't know the whole copyright situation and, we and, don't. and the True. difference. True. Um, sure you know, it could be put out as a download. Right, sure. You know what I would have liked, and it didn't show up on the anthology. Um, the day that Paul McCartney met John Lennon in 1957. Twenty Flight Rock. Well, not no, not not <laughs> Paul, not that. No, uh, oh. There was a guy who was at the the evening show that the Quarrymen played, which was John and the rest of the guys, and he taped a couple of songs. How and, do we know they exist? Because they were auctioned, and uh, they played part of it. And yeah, but was that p- prior? Was that prior to 1995, Rob? So I mean, um, I'm saying that I'm not sure, but right. nowhere it could have been. Well, actually, I think it was talked about before that. It, it was actually could have been on the John Lennon anthology since sure. it's really John Lennon. Sure, it's but I, I'm, I'm not sure the date on that. But that's something I would like to see come out just to hear it. Though from what we've heard, this it, it was like in the, you know, it, there's a lot of cavernous noise in it. It doesn't yeah, matter. That's fit. still historical. Oh, cavernous right. noise. Good pun. Sorry. Well, hold it. Okay, you, brought, you just allowed me to come in on this one. Um, you know what I'd love to see released? And I don't know how it sounds. Um, in 1961, someone recorded The Beatles at the Cavern. Paul McCartney bought the tape in 1985. We know that for a fact. Right. 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 Somewhere, it, it, it never was even considered, I guess, for the anthology. Does it mean it sounds really bad? And with today's Probably. technology, which is a lot better to clean things up, um, would it be something to maybe be fixed at this point? And well, of course, Pete Best is on the drums, too. Well, let's be realistic. I mean, I know this is something that Mitch isn't fond of, but, you know, I've got to say, the most recent cleanups, I think, of the, the top t- of the Star Club, Star Club have sounded, I think, sound great. Well, infinitely better than they did. They sound better than they did, but I mean, but 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 by a long shot. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they yeah. sound better than the Linga song LP. Yeah, ever well, did. that's a different. And, story. No, but you've got to remember that to most fans, most casual fans, the last thing they have of the Star Club recordings is the Linga song vinyls. Yeah, the Pickwick and yeah, or the Sony repressings, you know, which were yeah. miserable. They don't so, have the the Bear family. Yeah, right. Well, no, it was there was no. There was no Bear family of the Star Club. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. No, the Bear was, family uh, was Tony Sheridan. You think? Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, set. Great Star Club. Club, to my knowledge, has never been, has not been legitimately re-released since the Linga song release. And again, well, no, so Sony, Sony released it as a, um, a two-CD two set, and, and then George Harrison went to court on it. He was, yeah. as right. he said, he, he got the uh, short stick. Yeah, <laughs> he drew but, the short stick. He drew the short stick. But, but the truth is, though, you know, Look, man, there's history. It's not extremely well recorded, but Sweet Jumping, geez, I've played a couple of tracks, you know, from that on my show. That's a band that's on fire. That's a band that's on and wait, fire. So, so he, here's something. He lit a condom, but still, they're on fire. <laughs> and they got thrown out. No, but here's something, though. A song like Leave My Kitten Alone, that was something that came out of anthology that just blew the crap out of everybody. It did. 
that came out of sessions though, Mitch. You gotta remember that. I mean, yes, not that it, it came out of it, it we got did. out of an anthology, but that was one of the first pulls. Like that was like, you know, yes. There was it first come out of sessions, out. you're right. Yeah. But yeah. but officially it was released on anthology and and in a different version too. Right. And right. right. But quite honestly, if there was something there, like if if you know what to do, the demo, George's demo from Anthology One, if if there was another song on any one of the three anthologies or in their in their catalog right now or in the vault, sorry, that was something like Leave My Kitten Alone, which we know there's not. No. Uh, right. Unless Colliding Circles is one of them. But <laughs> no, but if we if we ever get something like that, all of a sudden something is found at the end of a tape and it's like Leave My Kitten Alone, that to me is the epitome of it should be released. And I'm glad Apple did because if it wasn't on sessions, I'm not so sure we would have gotten it on anthology one. What? But leave my kitten alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. We would have oh, gotten come that. on. That's, that's, that's fire. That, I mean, that's, I, like, I know. I'm listen. How could, I if know they it. had not put that on. Oh, yeah. uh, how I, would I think, we have known? Um, well, hold it. First of all, Scott Muni <laughs> played it in 82. I think it was. So he played right. it before anyone else right. on WNEW. Right. They would have and, been brain dead to not and, put it And up. I remember flipping out on that. It was like, oh, my God, this well, is fantastic. Great, well, they, it was going to be the single. Oh, right, this, right. This, this just in, I got a pink litmus paper shirt. <laughs> I got a pink, oh, wow, there you go. Sorry. I'm going to collide in circles all over you. Yeah. No, you know, I, I mean, I think um, I, I think if you're going to take the, the anthology, I know you're going in order, but – well, I'm not. I'm We've got the Let It Be box set coming out. Now, right. I'm looking forward to it. There's another lose-lose situation for them. Yeah, it is. You're right. They can't, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I trust that Giles is going to do an amazing job. Always, yep. And I trust that it's going to be a great box. So, as far as putting it on and listening to it, I know Yamo will be there. Like, I'm, I'm down with it. It's going to be a great... <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I'm like Donald. You're welcome. But when it comes to, like, sitting there and going... Giles has never given us Frankenstein's yet. Correct. Can you get a three or four disc set out of Let It Be without giving us Frankenstein's? I I just don't know. I genuinely don't probably get. I'm going. Hey, I don't the, know. It's, I'm it's going through the thirty tough. days in my head because I got to be honest. I I mean I don't look. Then maybe not. I don't know them cold, but I'm saying like I know that material really well. It's a lot of the same stuff. It's a lot of the same stuff over and over. There are a couple of full takes. Do we want the fast two of us? Hell yeah. yes. I yes, know we're we going to get that. that. That we need. To me, I listen to I, – I, I wouldn't mind a CD that just said – like the way they have the Easter demos, I wouldn't mind a CD that just says Sweet Apple Tracks. Just give me like the two-album yeah. set of Sweet it's Apple Tracks <laughs> that, that we grew up with that some bootlegger who had access to – about eight or nine hours worth of material compiled that from. Okay, he had a bunch of mono reels and he put that together and it was wonderful. Yes. Um, and, and you got Tennessee and Commonwealth. Do you need Commonwealth for history? Yes, you do. No, but Damn the problem well I think with and Commonwealth. Right, but I have a feeling they're not going to do it. They don't want that being misconstrued. But Rob, it's all about history and Commonwealth. I know it's about they history, don't but put still. That out, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of label them chicken shit. I wouldn't do it if if that was Why? my record because we he's know what the story is. But but there's a booklet. 
Right. right. This stuff's not getting played on the radio. It's not like something that randomly you know what it played on the radio. Correct. It reminds me of, you know, the movie Bob Roberts, you know, yeah. Tim Robbins. Yeah. He did not put out a soundtrack to that because he didn't want it to be misinterpreted. He only wanted to stay within the movie. And there's a lot of you, if you listen away from the movie, you can see people saying, hey, I agree with that. You know, you know, and, and they're not the good people. But, so, but Rob, it's, it's, it's the beat. I know what it's you're saying. I know it's, it's, this, is, this is history versus is it it's necessary. But it's, it's a whole lot of years later. There's nobody. To, and the truth is, you've also got millions of people like us who, if somebody does pull it out of context, online, internet, they're going to get bitch slapped really quickly. Or yeah, and he's not educated. Up, not bitch slapped. Educated. Ed, well, it depends on how, why they do it. If people are using it, you know, you see some white supremacist right. group pick it up, they're going to get slammed down really hard. They're not going to yeah, get Yeah, but that's why right. you wouldn't maybe do it. If, well, if and and Apple Apple. might be careful about that. I mean, we know how they I, are. I, I would but, be. But how do, you, how do you not include Commonwealth and no Pakistanis to get it to get back? I think you write about it, but you don't put it in there. Yeah. You know, I, think I, right, I, I know where you're coming from, Tony. I'm, I'm with you on that. But I'm also looking at what, how they're going to look at it. I agree. You know, you. You know they're the Beatles of the Peace and Love badge. You know, give peace and, a chance. You and know, also, we love everyone. Yeah, it's but also, karma. Rob, they, they, you know, in the movie. Even those were John Lennon songs. I know that. <laughs> in the movie, for eight days a week, they prided themselves on, on you know, uh, with the segregation bit. Right, right. So, you know, do you, yeah. do you reverse that thinking by putting out Commonwealth? Even though it was, it was meant as kind of, it was meant I, as a joke. Tongue and, and, and no one's gonna, in context, no one's going to know it was a joke. No, in right. Context, that's why I, mean, I wouldn't put it in. Know, but I'm not so sure they will. No, no. In context, it is definitely. If if you know your, if history, you write you about it, it's going to be just on a CD. It's not. You hit my point, uh, Mitch. That's my point. My Correct. point being that you need to write about it and then play it. It's going to be in the booklet. But if but if someone buys but if someone buys it, Tony, and they're not reading the booklet because a lot of people don't read the booklet. All right, a lot of people flip through the pictures and go yay, and then that's fine. But if if you if you're not reading the booklet and you're reading exactly what that leads up to and why it leads up to that, then you're listening to it out of context, even though you have a book in front of you, and it may be shocking, and you may never read the book. But it's, it's now, a little well, bit of history. If you hear well, him. Well, exactly. Let me, let me just say, Tony, you're teaching at, at CW Post about the history of the Beatles. Or Ken Womack's teaching a history of the Beatles at Montclair. You bring this up and you play Mom, it to no. your students. Mammoth, I'm sorry. You play it to the students. In that situation, they will understand what, what, they were, what the Beatles were singing about and how you're teaching. Right. It's the, yeah, but it's I, the I, idiot who doesn't know that this was not to be taken seriously. It was to poke fun at uh, Enoch Powell, whatever the guy's name was. Yeah, but what if, what if, but if you listen to Paul, even if you listen to Paul's voice, right? it, it, it drips with sarcasm. It does. It drips with, and, and I think, I don't think there's anybody who could listen to it and then say, oh no, I know what he was really saying there. I really genuinely think that, you know, anything you hear of that, you know that he's he's, you know he's not taking this seriously, or he's not. I well, agree with you. Right. I'm just well, we, I'm just saying about other people. In the in, yeah. in the instance of time, let's just uh, keep well, going. Well, well, go ahead. Question: uh, If you've got trouble, you brought it up before, Tony. Interesting. Do we need it? Oh, definitely. Why? Because it was actually a pretty good song, but for 1965, it was wrong. If you got troubles. 
Yeah. I love that song. It has a great riff. Um, it, it's it doesn't a, it's go not anywhere a bad a song. It doesn't, really, it doesn't, it doesn't go, go anywhere. anywhere. He even says no. it's taking anybody. Right, I know. <laughs> but it, the problem was it came out in 65. If, if they'd given that to, you know, Jerry and the Pacemakers or Billy Jay in 63, that might be a hit. That's a, a song where context. Song. That's a song where context actually hurts it. Right. Yes. Yes. You know why? Because let's put it in context. They were doing help. All right. 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 And 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 if you've got trouble and that means a lot, we're going. We're recorded in the help sessions. Right. Okay. So you know where their minds were at because they're help. recording. I need you. You've got to hide <laughs> your love away. Right. I agree. Right. You're going to lose that trouble. girl, <laughs> and <laughs> all those others. Even I've just seen a face. And yesterday, and all those songs, and now you're going to do if you've got trouble, and that means a lot. So, yeah. in context, cross that to the Hollies. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That you, I agree. You, you give it to someone else, but I, I, I like both of those songs. Actually, I think they, they, they have a, a good feeling, and the fact that two songs within a couple of days for the Help album got rejected says a lot about where the Beatles were going. But then again, they did a cover of Dizzy Miss Lizzie with a mistake in it. Uh, but they didn't. But but you have I to think remember, guys, got troubles over Dizzy Miss Lizzie. I wouldn't. Here, here's the thing, though. They also recorded "Wait" and didn't put it on "Help." Right, but, right, but, right. But they thought good well enough of it that they put it on "Rubber Soul." Right, but they also needed a song too. So that was. But, they, they why didn't they it was take if song. you've got trouble and put it on that, "Rubber Soul"? Those those two songs <laughs> don't fit on "Rubber Soul" Could at all. It, and I'm going to throw this out there again. If, if you've got troubles was unreleased and you write about it, you'd still want it. Oh, definitely, definitely. You'd and you'd actually say it's rocks. the myth. You'd want right. it because, like we said in the beginning, the myth of it all. So where I'm going is, I'm happy that we have it out. I'm happy that we have the history. History ruins it as a song for me in a way. <laughs> yes. I look at it and think to myself, had I read they wrote this in '63 and figured they'd get around to or you know and trying it in '65, or had I wrote. They read they were going to go back to this one and rearrange it and try it again, and time didn't allow. I would have been like, okay. But as the song is, you know, well, it's, but, it's fun. I don't skip it. No, I skip I, but, but think about like one after nine or nine in 1963. It's a, it's a nice version, but the, the version from the rooftop is, is like, holy crap. That's but again, you, you're making the point, Rob. That song we need because you know what? Yeah. Because they did it later on in a different oh, that, way. I agree. I agree. And I so that agree. song I think we need to show where the Beatles were at in 63. And they right. said, we're not doing that. But, but they said, listen, we are much more adult and mature as musicians now, and we can take that old piece of crap, and I'm not saying it's a piece of crap. No, no. I'm just saying they might yeah. think, well, we could take that old piece of crap and make it a good rocker and put tongue it on, cheek, on the roof. Tongue-in-cheek, rock it. You know, put tongue-in-cheek, rock it out. Right. You know, now, but yeah, I'm going to throw one out. You go in, you jump in. I mean, I hate jumping back to let it be, but the one that I shake my head and I wonder what place it's going to have, if any is it, Every single time, mailman, bring me no more blues. Especially because in the liner notes, they keep referring to how in-depth the Beatles knew the Buddy Holly catalog. I, I, I understand that they did an obscure B-side, but you know what? They, they, they do it badly. They sound like they're all on heroin. <laughs> they, they, do it, they do it poorly. They don't know the words. Well, it's also re-edited, too. That was, a, that was one of those... It's a terrible edit. Edits. All right. Also, too, on the anthology, the, the, 
being for the benefit of Mr. Kite edit is terrible. Yes. When, when they bring, it's just absolutely terrible. But don't forget, it's 1995 and the technology is different. If Giles did it today, it would be different. Uh, yes, but if I had a razor blade and scotch and, and tape in 1982, <laughs> I still would have done a better edit. On anyway, it. let's anyway. talk about 12 Bar Original. Oh. That wow. came out. I, I know. And, and it said, the Beatles were a jam band. No, they weren't. You didn't ever say the Beatles were. Nobody ever. Nobody no, no but I mean, they, they wanted us to hear that they were a jam band or attempting to be a jam band at that time in 1966. And I got to tell you something. They ain't no jam band. What? The Beatles? Oh, sorry. Right. They were no jam band. No. No, they were I, hardly I, a jam band. They were a great band, but they could not just sit there and jam. I have to be honest. Twelve Bar Original is is Twelve Bar Original and Mailman Bring Me No More Blues are two of the completed outtake songs that I could certainly have lived without. There you go. So no, should I, we? I, should they have been released? I have Mailman in context played during the thirty days. Just That's the version a story. that they did that that was melded into the one that they put out you know, with the weird dubbing and whatever it was called. Right. But, but 12 bar original, if you gave me like that whole session and I heard it once on a bootleg, I would have gone, well, that was a fun bootleg to buy, but I'll never play it again. But see, but, Tony, no. I agree in context, history hurts that song, 12 but, bar original. Look where they were at that point, And then they did that. Anyway, one of the things about that song is they did it twice the same exact way. Now, we know that because of bootlegs. And we also know it's six, it's long. So when it comes to the use of uh, editing, judicial editing that George Martin did, he turned it into a nice two-and-a-half-minute song where you don't really notice, well, you sort of notice, but you don't really notice that it's borrowed from some Booker T and the MG song. True. Well, they it, tried to be Booker T and the MG. Well, uh, they but, said they were trying to be. Yeah, but... But think about it. They did it twice the same way, both six minutes, and then they didn't go back to it. Why they did it for Rubber Soul, for something they, you know, they never really did an, uh, an instrumental at that time. And, and all of a sudden, boom. Now, we've heard the bootlegs, and, and the six minutes is painful. It doesn't really go anywhere. The two and a half minutes, I like the two and a half minutes. It's, it's much better. And it's, it's a it doesn't waste my time. <laughs> oh, it does for me. It does for me. <laughs> it, does. It, does. it does. It does for me. It really does. I mean, okay. I mean, original, the original timing was 642. It was done the same day as what goes on. Right. <laughs> Which doesn't say much. So do we all agree that 12 bar original? I mean, okay, we heard it. Rob, I know you like it, but it's not something that was totally necessary, was it? No. Okay. That's but at the same time, if you're doing the anthologies, this is where you put it, until they do the box set of Rubber Soul, and if they include a full-length version of, of 12-bar original, then, you know, then, you know, then it becomes a little different. And, I, and maybe they do that. Who knows? We don't know. You know. And, and you're right, Rob. If they, that's the perfect place for it, though. The a box version. set of Rubber Soul. Right. Because then that piece of dreck, in my opinion, <laughs> is put in context. Like no, Tony always says, context. So in anthology, it's out of context, totally out of context. Well, the whole song is out of context. It was a. It was You're a out of context. This whole courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but think about it. Imagine you're recording. I've just seen a face and all these other stuff. Not that. So I'm sorry. You won't see me. And you just did this weird 
instrumental. Yeah, think for yourself, and then you come up with that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a strange way of the thinking. And, and this is where the history part comes in, too. What was the thought process that said, well, geez, we're not going to do anything with this. You know, I can see George Martin well, saying, well, boys, you know, six minutes is way too long for an instrumental that doesn't go anywhere. Can I, in can, I throw, can I throw a question out there? Sure. Yeah. Um, what if Tolbar originally isn't actually finished? In other words, they each got an acetate cut of the, of the, the track. If you think about it, what if that track had a really fun, funky piano part over it? Well, then what if it was like that. A, what's that? Then release that. But it never happened. Yeah, or, or maybe they were going to write words to it and never, you know, there was nah, the packing track. Can't write you words know? to it. It's... But I can see where you're going with that, but we've never heard anything much about that song. I mean, right. you know, to me, it, it's it, you have to include it on Anthology too. It's like, you know, we were just talking about, oh, if it wasn't on there, we'd be upset. So, but I know what you're talking about. It's, it's not the greatest instrumental world, and, but I was glad it was cut down. This is where I like what George Martin did. What? If, oh, we do what? A, if we do a variation on the movie yesterday and, and the, mo <laughs> the song 12 for original was never known about, would we have missed it? No. And that's, that's my point. We don't get Carnival of Light, but we get 12 bar original. <laughs> But it's two minutes. Carnival Light's 12 minutes. What are you going to Oh, what? So they couldn't edit that? They edited it from six to two. They could edit, give us an edited but Carnival. Maybe Paul didn't want it that edited. Maybe he's proud of the 12-minute version. So I, I, I just think that, you know, they picked Rob's right, though. I, I, they wouldn't have, Paul would not have gone for an edit of Carnival of Light. But why did he go for an edit of, of 12 Bar? Because 12 Bar original was just a bunch of guys wanking in the studio. To him, Carnival of Light was something that he actually created. Okay. Yeah, that's, and, 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 and it was it also was for a hip show. And there's a lot of credibility with Carnival of Light that Paul talks about. There's no about. credibility with 12 Bar original. There's none. Well, yeah, uh, but you know what I mean. 12 Bar original was a throwaway. You know, and, and yeah. why they did it during Rubber Soul and, and where they did it, I don't know. Right. But, right. but you know, I, I can understand Paul being proud of Carnival Light. You know, wasn't he supposed to make a film based on the, the, the song? Wasn't yes, he was going to do that a few years ago. Yeah. They were going to give us like really? a... No, they based were going to give Linda's us photos. images. Yeah, Linda's images. Oh, wow. And okay. put that in the back and it never happened. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, so I, I think... You know, I think he was just, I, he probably got voted down because it's still a Beatles track and, and he can't do it. If they well, say no, and listen, right. if they say no, <laughs> can't do it. I'm, I'm raising my hand on that one. You can raise. <laughs> um, Inner Light is allowed to be on the Wonderwall music soundtrack. It's a different take. It is. It's still a Beatles song. I agree. I agree. It's still a Beatles song. That's and again, allowed uh, to be, but Paul's not allowed to put out Carnival of Light if he wishes well, to. Well, you know, we look, don't know look, the just legalities of it. We don't. It's probably a friggin' not to be funny. It's probably a Lennon McCartney composition. But think about and this is something else. Remember when John was going to take You Know My Name, look up the number, and What's the New Mary Jane, and put it out as an A and B side? And yeah. the Beatles said, No, those are Beatles songs. You can't do that. And that's why there's an edit on You Know My Name, look up the number. Because he wanted to make that a single. That's why it was in mono. And, uh, and, but the full-length version, 
which she, the, the grumbling, which is on the single, was faded down. down because George was angry. He thought that he thought it was too much. Mm. Yeah. No, so I, it's I, not the full-length version that we know and love, the six-minute version where we've heard on Boots, but because the last five seconds were faded down. Yeah, but, but yeah, those I, weren't allowed to be Plastic Auto Bad songs. And that's also got a bad edit. Go Who knows? <laughs> it does. It's got a bad edit. That, that, it does, but you know what? That's it was they were trying to make a single out of it. So it, 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 no, but I mean the final one. I, I'm talking about the extended one has oh, a bad well, the edit. Extended one, yeah. It goes dang, dang. It it's got two. It it could have. It was supposed to be spliced to a resolve, and it's not. Yeah. And well. Just, anyway, but whatever. Anyway. But it, it's the way the way to look at it is I'm happy it's out, but at the same time, is, is it super important on certain songs? Yes, or on certain songs, no. You know, to do a, a cut down of all the anthology to make it like one disc is would be a tough thing to do because no, but I, what I would you could take out when we leave? You know, you could make a nice two, a really nice two disc set of studio That's outtakes. True. Okay, like you said, Mitch, separate for the live stuff. Yeah, we don't stuff another story entirely. Yeah, so, you couldn't. They didn't want to duplicate songs on right, the anthology. Right, yeah. Truth be told, at this point now, again, it's back to this idea that you know, hard drive space doesn't cost much. Right, and 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 but you know, you know the, part of it, it also is is that the Beatles like it's like the Dead have their picks. You know, the you know keep, whatever their who's out of their archivist now does the picks. Yeah, and that's a, like a. A thing, a club you join. Yes. So you, not everyone can buy them in the store or anything. You have to actually just sign up. I can't see the Beatles doing that with their catalog. No, I can't either. I don't. I don't. As much as we would love it, because we could have access to stuff that we'd like to hear, but a lot of it's already come out anyway. That March fifth, nineteen sixty three tapes are a fascinating insight yeah. to how a song builds up and how it creates. Um, right. But is a, everybody going to want? 50 takes of Thank You Girl, 50 takes of I Saw Standing There. I don't know. Right. I'm happy I don't know either. It's like um, there, was a, there was a boot that came out that literally the disc was Blackbird. All the takes of Blackbird. Not all of them, yeah. but most of them. Yeah. And right. you know what? The first half, it's really fascinating. But then it's like, okay. You, know, I, you, you see what Paul's trying to do, but it just keeps Listen, going and going. It's, it's different when you have a song like Strawberry Fields where you get yes. the different takes and it, it, it's yes. leading to the end and each yes. take is fascinating because yes. it's a different aspect of what John was thinking and, it, and then George Martin put it all together. Right, but that's true. When it's Blackbird, that's, it's, you know, it's just Paul's vision 30 times. And it's right. okay, nice, but right, right. You know, uh, if you get the evolution of a song and a true evolution of a song like And I Love Her, where they went electric, and then you heard, like Tony mentioned earlier in the show, you know, then you get the final version. If you get where they're going, that to me is essential. But if you just get, like, like, we, like we said, eight days a week, the ooh, it's a totally right. different beginning. That's different. But if you just get Yes It Is, and it's just an early take of Yes It Is, Frankenstein in with the original ver release version, to oh, me, I, I, I don't need like that. that. I didn't right. like well that well even you know even I'm down I mean I'm down was nice but again Frankenstein into the released version eh okay but you know even yesterday the verses were switched yeah. oh no it wasn't it wasn't Frankenstein you're right but it even was. yesterday or you've got to hide your love away they're nice interesting takes but again they they didn't there weren't anything different right. Norwegian Wood was growth. Norwegian Wood was was definitely different so that we yeah. need. 
But so, you know, I, I we're getting a little off topic here, but I think in general, you know, it, it really does depend on, on the historical aspect of it. And some people were saying it's the Beatles. Everything is history. I don't agree with that. I know the Beatles were the incredible band, arguably the best band that ever lived and, and played, arguably. But, you know, do we need everything? I don't need to hear if, if Paul is taking a piss and, and you go, oh, that sounded musical. I don't need to hear that. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm joking, but I'm not. Because to me, 12 Bar Original is them taking a piss. <laughs> right. <laughs> For six minutes. Right. The one thing that I, that I can't help but think about, though, is, is, is sort of trying to like, channeling a lot of this into into a couple of different kind of categories you have a period early on where they're coming into the studio they're extremely excited it's all new everything that they do is is creating they're working together the four minds are firing together right george martin's aiding them and abetting them and they're doing these really cool things then it steps to another level where the recording studio starts to become a tool and you can, you can, they're, they're now discovering how to add new sounds, new ideas. So the songs start to don't just grow in their arrangement. They start to grow in what contributes to making the song a song, what studio trickery or studio ideas or tape manipulation or new added sounds will take a song to a new level. So to me, that contributes to all the history. Once you get to later in their careers where George Martin isn't so much involved and they're in the studio and they're, and not to be, and I always talk about the drugs, but then there's more drugs and there's yeah. more, and they're not thinking like the four headed monster anymore. A lot of it starts to become wanking. Uh, but Tony, I think we've so, gotten a little off topic because that stuff is all release stuff and, and, outtakes of released stuff i think what we you know where we want to go back to um is do we need to hear stuff that's you know unreleased like like the do you know what to do like the 12 bar well not 12 bar uh, the carnival like the 27 minute helter skelter i think by releasing the stuff they have huh? it's been a mixed bag it has, but that's my point. What they what they consider to be historical versus need or want or curiosity. So if they're not sure, um, then how can we be sure? And I don't mean to sound like the rascal, yeah. um, but, but but how can we be sure? But I think that's my point, though. I mean, to that point, I think you've got to you've got to look at each era, okay, and figure out if you're gonna release any more that's unreleased. In a box, I mean, again, you and I talked about it. It would be cool to see a 64 box, a 65 box. Yeah, right. But do you need 24 takes of Thank You, Girl? You probably need takes one and two, one in the middle, and one at the end. And, and at the end, yeah. But it depends on how you want to show, like on Let It Be. I, one of the things I hope they do, and I've mentioned this before, I would like to see how one song starts and then, you know, three or four takes and then gets to the final version. In the movie, because, not, on the, not on the record. Not on the vinyl. No, I mean, not on the well, CD. On, I don't want to well, hear a Frankenstein on the CD. If you have, no, I hope if not. This is, if this is a six CD set, which could easily be, as you know, Tony. Yeah, but I don't, don't want to hear. I don't want to hear four Let It Be's in a row, though, Rob. No, well, I do not. No way. Well, that's what Sweet Apple Tracks was. No, it wasn't. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, but Let It Be. That's that's another show. It's a seven minute. It's a seven or eight minute him teaching them Let It Be. Right. 
it's not it's not that plus another three takes of oh, that's, okay, you're right. Yes, you're right. You're right. No, I anyway. don't I don't want to hear that. No. I, I, you know I, what the you know what the problem is though? The the whole concept, the anthology, while it, it combines a lot of stuff we've never heard before and some we have heard, it's never gonna be as easy to listen to as say revolver or pepper or rubber soul. No. And and that's part of it too, because you know, there are reasons why these versions didn't make it. And that's what the Beatles said. That's what right. I forgot who said it. They said there's a reason they weren't released. And you know right, what? Right. So maybe we leave it at that. Or well, or do we say, screw you, Beatles, it, you're historical now, and we need to hear it. So on that let's note. Put, when they did the anthology, let's say they didn't do six discs. Let's say they did two. And we'd be kind of angry. Well, I would be. I guess. Depends you know, on what we're about. I, you know? Depends we would never know. We'd never know. We'd be looking back at it 25 years later in hindsight going, gee, I wonder if there's more. If Correct. We'd like to have it now. But back if they then, gave us the got... one take of eight days a week where they go, ooh, right. and we didn't right. get the other one, well, well, then how would we know? Well, they were just, that's showing they're having fun in the studio. And, and I think that was part of it, too. The show, the Beatles were having fun. And there's a lot of good moments where they are. Yes. It's a lot of fun. The, the, this boy... And oh, John! Uh, Paul broke the glass. Paul broke the glass before you got to hide your love away. That's fun stuff. But the but is it necessary? Stuff. But the breaking the glass is cute. But as Mitch was saying, do you then need the take of of you've got to hide your love away? Well, do they That's, Frankenstein the but, take of did they Frankenstein that little chatter right. onto the onto the release track? Or do they or, just or, put that at the beginning of something else? We never would have known the difference. It's the correct. same way Queen said with well, BBC, you know, right? But at the same time. We all, you know, fly on the wall. You know, that's basically what the, you know, that type of stuff is. You know, listening in, and we all said, you know, we're not thrilled with that. So well, I mean, and you're making my point. I don't think we, if we didn't hear John say Paul's broken the glass, but or the right. laughing version of, you know, someone brought up and it was a good point. They said some of the anthology was played on the radio and and in supermarkets, and if you're listening to anthology stuff outtakes and you're in the supermarket and you hear the laughing version of and I uh, of and your bird could sing right and you don't know the real version and and you're hearing that and you're thinking that's crap that's true and that's part of the history thing where if, if for beetle fans they know why they're laughing or why it's there but, but the mass fan doesn't not. right and if you're in a you supermarket know, hearing the beatles laugh you're thinking why why did that ever get out right and, and the thing that gets me about valid point and you brought up And I Love Her, I mean, uh, and your bird can sing. There is a great track under the laughing. Yes. There is such a great track there that yes. you're like, why? I mean, I didn't say why they put it on there, but there's such a great track under there. Because that's go from a different there track. To the version on Revolver is, is amazing. It's such a different take. But if they took the laughing out and they just gave us the birds like track, Right. That would be essential because it would be yes, a different version of And Your Bird Can Sing. Right. Now, I don't, yeah. I mean, yes, it's fun to hear the laughing yes. and everybody giggles too. We, we know that. But if they didn't have that and we never got it, we wouldn't know. And then we'd say, wow, this, they could have made it either way. But and that's then that's true. history. But that's why God made <laughs> bootlegs. Well, that's right. And you know, someone, <laughs> someone uh, what's the thing that's where you take the needle? Tony, what's the thing where you take the needle and you reverse it? So phased it. They phased it. Phase it. They, the someone course, phased yeah. out the laughing. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's put been it done out a there. bunch it's, of times. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. On that yeah. note, well, hold, one more question. One more uh -oh. question. You have to, Columbo. My next question is: There was never an anthology four. 
should there be another collection of outtakes to, no. to be put out there? No, no I, not, I not, like, not in that format, Rob. We're, we're past okay. it. It's 25 years later. Okay, so you, just call you, me like, it better, you like it better when it's part <laughs> of the box set. <laughs> You know, you like it where it's part of the White Album and Pepper and, I and do, David or, gets a revolver. Just, just, just give me a goddamn download. Just stop with the, enough with the physical. Like I need another disc. I need another disc. Like I need a hole in my head. You can easily say Anthology Four is coming out December twenty fifth for Christmas, and it's coming out download only. Here you right. go. It's five bucks. Yeah. The problem with the downloads. Buy. The problem with the downloads. No problem is, with the downloads. There are no, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the problem with the downloads to the record companies is they don't make the money on them that a box set makes. A box set is one hundred and twenty dollars. No, no, Rob, you didn't say. You also don't have to manufacture a download. But Rob, you all, you didn't say a box set. You said a single disc of an anthology. Well, no, no I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking about how like all these box sets come out and they make a lot of money on. Them. You know, that's part of it, too. Maybe. The money is made. They have to make right, some money right. to pay for this. But you didn't say that. If they put out another box set of Al, oh, no, you say fine. Well, I, I said there should that. be an anthology for. I mean, personally, I would include um, some other guy from the Cavern Club, the Acetated yeah. Kansas City from the Cavern Club, uh, that tape, uh, that five-song track thing that Ringo's playing. But you can't call it anthology for because it's not in a chronology. You call it the Beatles found, found object. The Beatles lost and found. Beatles lost and found. The Beatles okay, well, release me. The Beatles scraping the bottom of the barrel. Beatles found full free for all. <laughs> Why not? Just let them call it that. I, I well, would love it. We'll even well, let one, them one, the one more thing, Chris. One more thing. There has been a lot of bootlegs with the variation of the anthology. They start off with like Star Club taste, yes. and they 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 continue through, and it's always a two CD set. And those bootlegs have been very fun to collect if you're into the anthology mentality which I am. I understand what the download thing, Tony. I'm all for it. But you know what? One person's going to download it, then ship it off to his friends, and then... Rob, oh, one person's okay. going to rip the CD and ship it off to their friends. There's no difference. There's no uh, difference. It's, if, if, you know, if you're going to pirate the stuff, you're going to pirate whether it's... Viva la Defense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... The point being, you, you have so much versatility with downloads. And oh, sure. And keeping things in... I, I, I hear the arguments of people saying, well, you're making a download, it falls out of context right away. It, it falls out of context anywhere now. If you make it a download in a file, in a folder, in a package with an artwork or with a text file, there it is, there's the info. But, you know, it, it's just, to me, it's just, I, I'm happy with box sets. They're, they're beautiful objects. They're objets they're art, great. But, but a single CD of more stuff, Meh, like I don't need it. I, well, I, it's probably well, a two CD set. So, so I guess we all agree that we 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 disagree. I mean, we don't know where to go with this yet. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not kidding. Right. We just we to each his own, and we, and we agree I guess, on some things and disagree on others. Right. I guess. We could agree to disagree, and we, that's fine. We, we, we all there think twelve no more good guy. There ain't no bad. All right, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, thank my you, Lord. Dave Mason. 
Anyway, on that note, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this show. I mean, uh, we don't even know if we're going to release this show. No. <laughs> Maybe it'll stay unreleased and you'll want to hear it. We still have Well, that's what we should do. We should not release this show, tease it, and then like a year from now, release it and say, oh, this is our, our I think 25 years from now, we should release it. Well, on a I'll be dead. You'll have to do it, Tony, because I'll be no, dead. We, 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 we have like the little bit about uh, 12 Bar Original, and then we say, oh, that, we put that out. Oh, that's, that's all we're putting out right now. That's it. That's all we're putting out. I, I don't think so. This is it. Wait, time out. This is our carnival of light. <laughs> On that note, I have been your moderator for tonight's show. And uh, I'm Mitch Axelrod saying take care. Bye-bye. And joining me uh, have been Rob Leonard and Tony Chiguardo. And we will see you real soon. We will. <laughs> Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.